Thanks a lot. So we're in the book of James, and we're going to be looking carefully at uh, verses 17 um, and 18 this morning. Uh, we'll say this in my absence. I've asked two friends in ministry to come and uh, to teach God's Word to you. Next weekend will be John Starr. He was the man that was here a couple weeks ago. And then a weekend after that is my friend Gabriel, who I introduced to you last week, is from Romania. And he's going to be preaching. Uh, so uh, it's going to be a really a great time. So please, please be here for that. And then I'll be back on the 7th um, full of uh, stories, I'm sure. So... Um, Let's let's uh, let's let's think about James and what he has said so far. He starts off this letter to this group of Jewish Christians, saying, "Count it all joy, as you encounter various trials." And, and what that means is, rather than uh, understanding your trials in the deficit column, we want. He wants to encourage these Christians to receive their trials in such a way that they would count them in the the profit column. It's an accounting language that he's using here. So we count it all joy. And then he goes through the first chapter and kind of in the background there's this idea of that they're experiencing trials all along the way. And he says in verse 5 that in the midst of these trials that they're to ask God for wisdom. And God, they're to look to God for wisdom. No other place but God alone. We we talked about how there are a variety of uh, belief systems, ideas, Theologies in the world that, that tell you to look for wisdom in different places. But we're saying that the God of the Bible is the one who provides the kind of wisdom we need in our life, especially in the midst of trials. And for some of these people, their trial was poverty, maybe even as a result of their faith in Jesus Christ. And so James reminds them, starting in verse 9, that uh, money won't make you rich. So if you don't have any, don't get too down about it. Um... And then last week we looked at this, this idea that in the midst of trials we are, will be tempted to look somewhere other than God for comfort and for peace. But he says, don't, don't look to anything other than God. If you're tempted, if you're lured to look at something else, do not give in to that desire because if you do, you will be enticed to death. Well, well here we are. Um, in verses uh, 17 and 18. And we see something also related to how we're to deal with trials. And it seems as if some people in the midst of their trials were quitting God. Just giving up on God for a couple of reasons. So let's read these verses together and then uh, I'll tell you what that means. Would you stand to your feet as we read these verses? Uh, Starting in verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of His own will He brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. May God bless the reading of His word. You may be seated. In the midst of their trials, they were tempted to believe lies about God. Uh, just a, a few years ago, I had a really a unique opportunity. I went to Buena Vista, Colorado with a group of people, and part of our week-long adventure was going to be uh, rafting um, in this part of the Arkansas River that was, at the time, quite tumultuous. And, and raise your hand if you've ever been rafting, that kind of rafting. 
Yeah, I'm not talking about like on, in your pool with those little bitty skinny. I'm, this is the kind of rafting where you could die. And they told me. I knew that they, you could die because we had this little meeting and they said, okay, here's your life jacket. Put this thing on. Uh, but, and while you're doing that, sign this piece of paper that says, if you die, it's not our fault. And you start signing that kind of stuff, you start wondering, okay, why am I doing this? So here we are. I'm with this group of people, this, this guy that clearly has uh, had some experience uh, on, on the river. You know, he's got a goatee. It looks like he lives in the woods, very granola. Um, uh, he, he's acting, he say, okay, here's the deal. I just want you to listen to my, to my voice and everything I tell you to do, no matter how bad it gets, I want you to listen to my voice and do it. And I will not not lead you astray. I, I will make sure that you stay safe. Well, I'm thinking to myself like, okay, we're probably going to die. And, um, and so here we are. So uh, it's our turn to get out into the boat and there are, I believe, uh, I think there were six of us, uh, three on each side of this boat and then the guide in the back. And so I had heard that there had been a lot of snow and so the river was moving a little more rapidly this year. And there's a couple of parts of the river where they wanted us to pay special attention to what they were saying. And one of them, I, this isn't the name, but I just, rem, just remember it like the name of like Death's Corner or, or It's All Over or something like that. There's one part of this river where it was certainly, uh, it made them nervous to take us there and it made us nervous to go there with him. And, and, and I'll never forget as we're, as we're rafting along and, and, and during the, the easy parts we're listening to his voice and doing exactly what he wants us to do. Paddle, paddle, you know, paddle, paddle, paddle. He paddle left, paddle right. He's, you know, he's teaching us all these things and it's very clear. His voice is very clear and it's easy to trust him in this moment. But sure enough, we get to, to this part, the devil's turn or death's edge or whatever it was called. And, and as we're approaching it, I, I, it was like you approach it and then you couldn't see anything and then you could see like the river on down there. So somewhere between here and there, we were going to be going in here. And there was a big rock that we had heard about and then there was a little rock that we had heard about that created this really pretty nasty uh, kind of turn in the river. And so here we're moving forward. We had listened to this guide's voice and we get into this turn and it got rough. I mean, really, really rough. And here he's saying, yelling at this point. He's saying, left side paddle, left side paddle, left side paddle. And I mean, I'm on the left side, the front. I was the dummy that he said, who wants to be on like the most exciting part? And I was like, yeah, me. So left side front, big boy. Okay, so I go left side front, left side paddle, left side front, paddle, paddle. And I'm paddling. And here we are in the midst of this. And there was a moment where I quit listening to his voice. I quit listening because I, I was, at this point, I'm considering how scary this is. I, I remember it, it's like slow motion. We come up over and then the boat literally it feels like it's going up and down and we go into this part and, 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 I, and I just kind of lost my, lost my sense of, of even listening to his voice because things got tough and, so, and, and uh, so we go in and there's this huge splash and somehow by the grace of God we come out it we didn't tip over and, uh, and, and so we go forward and, and here I am and it's like God speaks to me and he's like this is a I give you this for like an illustration. I mean, I think of it on a day like today where when things get tough, when things are easy, it's easy to hear God's voice, right? I mean, when the money's good, when you can see how you're going to pay the bills, when all your relationships are good, uh, it, it is easy to go, yeah, I'll read the Bible. Man, I love the Psalms. You open it up. Oh, you know, it's really kind of a neat, sweet kind of a relationship. But the time that it's difficult to believe that God can help you and cares about you is in the midst of trials. 
And some of you are, no doubt, are experiencing trials right now. Maybe a financial trial, a relational kind of difficulty. Maybe it's the difficulty of a new place. There's quite a few people in, our, in the midst that are, have moved into a new, new home. Or, and, and sometimes that brings with it trials. Maybe something's going on at your job where you're uncertain how it's going to work out. There's always potential acquisitions and mergers and reshuffling and you know, new management. All that goes on with just being... Uh, an employee or an employer. But what I want to tell you is that though we may be tempted in the midst of trials to quit on God, you absolutely cannot. And this is exactly what James tells them. Look here what's true about God. Look, look in verse 17. Here, here's what James says to these people who might be tempted to quit on God in the midst of their trials. He says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. This means that every good thing in your life is from God. So He does care about you. Do you ever in the midst of your trial wonder, trial wonder whether or not God actually cares? I mean, you could be honest, you know. Some of you that have a church experience, you've been taught that you can't really be honest with God. You, you can be honest. Sometimes, you, you, sometimes we wonder, does God really care about the $50 that I owe on that bill? Does God really care about the strife that I feel in that relationship? Does God really care about my health issue? Does God really care? And what he's saying here is, hey, let's back up here. Every good thing in your life is from God. Would you reflect for a moment on what's good in your life? What's something in your life that's good? And just, just raise your hand. I want, I want a couple of people to just share briefly. What, what in your life would you consider to be a blessing? Tony. My grandson. Okay. Yeah, he's a blessing to all of us. This is Andrew's dad. His grandson's Billy. Bob. Okay. Yeah, what, what's good in your life? Andrew. Amen. That's good. Yeah. Okay, Mary? My dog was a blessing, and uh, we had some employees for the month. No, that's okay. We have employees who are always asking for a short term loan to make it to payday, and mm-hmm. my boss came to me and said, Would you counsel these people mm-hmm. on financial matters? Mm-hmm. They're Christian people that I work for. It was really cool. What a great offer. Yeah, that is wonderful. Good job, yeah. What else? What else are you thankful for? I'm thankful for my godly husband. Yeah. Yeah. Vic, oh. <laughs> I'm thankful for your godly husband too. Yeah. What else? What, what's good in your life? Yes, Megan. Yeah, yeah, that's good. What else? Rachel. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, that is good, right. What else? Let's just, I mean, you know, we get together at some of the church and you start focusing on the bad and the struggle. What's good in your life? Rotten. Financial independence. Okay. You know, I think part of heart that reflects you know, God's image in us is, is a heart that is uh, thankful for the good in our life. 
If you're one of those, just as a side note, if you're one of those that has a hard time thinking about what's good in your life, you might have a wiring or maybe something has kind of conditioned you throughout your life to, to lean towards negative and focusing on the negative and letting that kind of negative overwhelm you. And that, that really needs to be dealt with. But I, I want you to know every one of us has something good in our life. The air we breathe. The fact that we are here and not anybody should have a concern that someone would come in and arrest us for, for, for worshiping freely. I mean, not everybody here is Christian, but, but uh, for those of you that, that are or, or aren't, you can think about it freely. That's good. That's, that's really good. There's this, this way that God works in the world called common grace in which He demonstrates his, a degree of His goodness to every human being. You know, even people that aren't in Christ and are not believers in Jesus Christ. They get to experience the goodness of God in things like jobs and the beauty of creation and, and uh, air and, and having beautiful children. And uh, uh, God is good. God demonstrates His goodness to, to us in the world. Every good thing in our lives is from God and it's a really really wonderful thing to be able to say thank you God for the goodness of my life you care about me in the midst of trial this is when it's most difficult to remember the good in our life because we start focusing on the bills or we focus on whatever difficulty we're experiencing but even in the midst of those things can you imagine a heartbeat that that functions in this way God even though I'm struggling even though I'm having difficulty you are so good to me Thank you that in the midst of my difficulty you continue to speak to me and continue to work on my life, continue to provide uh, and the image of your glory in the person and the work of Jesus Christ as revealed through the Scriptures. Um, God is good to all people. Now I cannot go without mentioning the, this special grace that God gives. And this is the kind of grace He gives to the people who place their faith in Jesus Christ. You see, the goodness of God, the the, the, the gift of air and, and beauty and these things that everybody in the world gets to experience is, is not enough to save somebody. It's not enough for God to overlook their sin. But there is a way for God to demonstrate His grace to people so that their sins will be forgiven. And this is through Jesus Christ. And this is the message of the Gospel and that though you're separated from God because of your sin, you can have your sin forgiven. And this is a demonstration of God's goodness and love to you that in spite of your sin, you can have your sin forgiven through Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. So he says here to these people that might have doubted the goodness of God in the midst of their trial, hey, God is good and you've got good gifts in your life. These are from God. You might be struggling, but, but God has been good to you. Think about that. Well, so, so, so they might say, well, okay, so if God cares and bad things still happen, then, then maybe the issue here is that God is not capable of helping. Have you, ever, have you ever noticed that the bigger our problems seem, the smaller our God appears? So maybe these first recipients believe that since God does care and they were still experiencing suffering, then actually the issue is that their God is not that powerful. Well, he goes on here to say, uh, here, let me tell you a little something about God and how mighty and awesome He is. He calls Him the Father of lights. 
It's kind of a funny phrase. It's a little cryptic, these next couple of phrases. But he says uh, in the middle of verse 17, so coming down from the Father of lights. So every good gift is coming down from the Father of lights. This, this phrase, Father of lights, for those first recipients, they would have understood this idiom to mean something uh, related to uh, what's the light in the cosmos or the heavens, or the stars. And it, it, it would have been received by those first Jewish li- listeners as James putting God uh, altogether on a different, a larger uh, plane than many of the false gods that were worshipped. There were other pagan gods. And, and people would say, well, that this, these stars, are, this section of stars is ruled by this god. And, and, and this god, we worship this god because he offers us this as, by way of the stars. But what James is saying is, no, no, the god that's been good to you by providing gifts for you, even in the midst of your trials, this god is over all the cosmos. He's the father of lights. He spoke into existence, according to Genesis 1, the, the heavens, the stars that you see. He is an awesome God. And unlike the stars which change and move, God does not change. This is something you've got to tuck away into your heart. Because when trials hit, you'll believe that God's change or He's not able to do it. God does not change. His nature does not change. And He continues to be good to people. It's kind of an obscure text, but it ought to stir in us a, whoa, God, You are awesome. Not only are You Father of the cosmos or the heavens, but You do not change. So not only do You care, but You can help me in the midst of this. So maybe the reason that God leaves us in the midst of trials is because in the midst of those trials, He wants to do something in us that's good for us. You ever notice that? We would love, if we were God, we would choose for our own lives to be difficulty-free. But you know what would happen? We'd be soft. We wouldn't understand what it means to depend on, on Him. And then he goes on in verse 18 to talk a bit about one example of the goodness of God to those that have faith in Jesus Christ. He says, Of His own will He brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. Uh, this idea of by His own will. In other words, uh, the verb tense means that He sovereignly uh, chose to create, uh, to stir salvation in the world and people that will have faith in Jesus Christ. He cares and He can do something about your, rela- your, your life. He delivered you from darkness into light, Colossians 1 says. He's good. I wonder how those first recipients would have read this and what would they have done to respond. They were struggling. And James says, not only does God care about you, but He can help you. What might they have done? One thing I learned as I was getting off that raft after having experienced that um, fairly tumultuous ride, I learned that you can trust the voice of the guide even when things are difficult. And I believed it. So much so that when our turn was over and we got to the side, our guide said, hey, there's another boat coming down and they need some 
somebody to sit up on the front left. Does anybody want to do it? I said, yeah, I'll do it. So I walked back up the river about half a mile. That boat pulled over. I got into the boat. And I could see it on their faces. They were nervous. They'd never been here before. But I had. I knew that I could trust the voice of the guide. So this time I went confidently into the trial and came out of it. Not fearful or beat up. You know what I came out of it with? Joy. Because I knew that I could trust the voice of the guide. How will you respond in the midst of your trial? Would you bow your heads? Maybe you're experiencing some sort of difficulty and you want to quit. You want to quit on God. With your head bowed, I just want to read an excerpt out of the material being used to teach our children this morning downstairs. Here's just an excerpt that we're using to teach our children. God's goal isn't just for you to become a Christian. He wants you to learn to walk by faith. That means trusting Him even through the bad stuff. If you ask God what He wants you to learn from a hard situation, you'll take a step forward in your faith. If you get mad at God or ignore Him because something isn't going right, it's like you're taking a step backward in your faith. Is there an area of your life where you feel like you want to quit on God and you've tried to take over? And maybe in this, the simple way that you can, you'll just say to God right there where you are, God, I, I want to I give that back to you. I want to trust the voice of this guide.